Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But much more importantly on a public level, so that they would have a chance to identify with a great country again. He would make Russia great again. For so many people in the 1990s, uh, the instability and discomfort that they experienced became concentrated in this idea of no longer belonging to a great, uh, a great power. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, 10. We did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations of the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. Shame on you. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? You didn't know this kid, okay? We did They're looking for help. We call me They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. Well, Governor, we also have fewer forces and bayonets because the nature of our military has changed. We have these things called aircraft carriers where planes land on them. When we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. A lot of Putin's early signals were that he would bring back that wonderful feeling of being part of a great power again. In a way, it's right. It's... uh, He's merging probably how he felt, having missed Glasnost and Perestroika, and not, not participating in whatever was great about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he comes home, he's shipwrecked, he's whatever, whatever happens to him, it's a different world than he probably anticipated right. finishing his life in. Um, and and that, that sort of uh, ethos that he shared with the people was what he decided to employ as... Uh, as his method, the uh, in 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 the f- end of his first year, George W. Bush becomes president of the United States. One of the things we've noticed in tracing the arc of this gigantic narrative is how often an American president arrives to a Russian president 
with hope that all is going to get better from Gorbachev on. Uh, democracy will flower now, and thank God. Well, I want to say one more thing about what happened with George W. Bush becoming president in 99 uh, or in 2000. She said Putin had just become president in a very orderly manner. He was handpicked by the previous president. Uh, an election was scheduled. He won it handily. Uh, everything went according to plan in his popularity. Uh, his margin of victory was pretty good. It was, I think, 53% in his first election. Um, and his popularity was sky high. And then America goes and has this ridiculous election that isn't settled for two months or two and a half months. Um, and that just goes to show you how democracy is such an imperfect system and probably an outdated and failed system. I'm convinced that that's the first time that Putin really watched an American presidential election closely. He'd never thought of himself as somebody who existed on that level. Right, and um, and now he's he's waiting to see who his counterpart is going to be. And he can't even know who his counterpart is going to be for two and a half months because democracy is such a mess. When they meet, the way the stories go, uh, especially we've talked to a lot of American diplomats and ambassadors who were there at that first meeting. This is the I looked in his eyes and saw mm -hmm. his soul meeting. Uh, one, some people tell the story that here is a KGB guy who's the president of Russia, who's studied Bush, knows he's an evangelical, knows that he has a penchant and a weakness for a religious story, dredges up a religious story out of his own past, the crucifix and the ashes story, and uh, somehow they connect. Uh, Tell me what you know about that version of the story. Actually, I have nothing to add to that version of the story. Um, what I would say is that early on, uh, he was a charmer, early on in his, in his term as, a pre as president. That, that's no longer the case. But um, everyone I've talked to had a meeting with him in the first year or two of his becoming uh, acting president and then president came away transformed, at least for the first few minutes. Well, actually, with one exception, the, the, one of the journalists who worked on, the, uh, on that uh, official biography. But, but everyone else felt that he sort of, he turned on the recruiter charm. And he was well briefed. And he used, he always used a little personal anecdote to connect with you on the grounds that she would be, that he figured uh, would be good for connecting. A few years down the road, he, he stopped paying attention. Uh, he would start mixing people's names up and people, the facts of people's biographies. By the time I met him in 2012, uh, he, he wasn't even briefed. He knew almost nothing about me. Uh, and like, he hadn't bothered. Uh, but, but early on, he was, he was a real recruiter. And I think he, he certainly worked his charm on, on George W. Bush, which apparently wasn't very difficult. Yeah. They, uh, there's a lot of hope, of course, that they'll do all kinds of things. Bush, very, and, and a lot of people have said, uh, we'll ask them, what did, what did Putin want from Bush? What did Russia want from Bush? But, but more importantly, uh, what did Putin want from Bush in America? What do you think that was? Thank you, Thank for, you listening for listening to Public, to Public Access, Access America. America. Produced by Public Access Pod. 
discover great new playlists on SoundCloud at, at Public, Public Access, Access America. America. Discover our catalog of vintage videos on YouTube at, at Public, Public Access, Access America. America. And finally, finally, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, on Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or, or anywhere. anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Well, Putin wanted a bipolar, the return of a bipolar world. Uh, that's, that was his agenda from the very beginning. He wanted to be treated with respect. He wanted people back home to see that he was being treated with respect. He, uh, I mean, this was also uh, coming very soon after the NATO bombing of, uh, of Yugoslavia, right? which for the Russian political establishment and for a lot of Russian people was a real, really difficult pill to swallow. The U.S. and its allies decided to bomb uh, Serbia and Kosovo uh, to resolve the Kosovo crisis without consulting with Russia. And to make matters worse, they started bombing, or the U.S. started bombing, when Yevgeny Primakov, the then prime minister, was in the air on his way to the United States to meet with Vice President Gore. So they didn't even make a show of informing Russia before starting bombing, never mind consulting Russia. And that was really insulting for the entire sort of Russian establishment and a lot of Russian people. So one of the things that Putin wanted to project was that that kind of thing was never going to happen again. And then America pulls out of the ABM treaty, not really consulting. In fact, he begged Bush not to do it. Um, they invade, or we invade, uh, Iraq, taking down an authoritarian figure who stands astride of being somewhat in the sphere of influence of, uh, of Russia. R Russia joins with France and Germany and says, please don't do this. Are you guys going to do this? Are you really going to do this? And they do it with a, a, a certain level of impunity, at least. Uh, it, it seems uh, that the word you used early to describe what he was hoping for, which is respect, was hardly in the air between George W. Bush, the United States of America, and Vladimir Putin in Russia. Right. And what's even worse, I think, from Putin's point of view is the expansion of NATO. Uh, and it doesn't ever sort of, in, in, in his worldview, uh, it is not a question of these countries asking to be part of NATO. It is merely a question of the United States deciding that NATO should expand to, uh, to the Russian border. He's also convinced that the Soviet Union got assurances from NATO that, uh, from the United States that NATO would not be expanded. The quote that Putin likes to bring up was a quote by the then NATO commander uh, given during the uh, negotiations about the reunification of Germany and the promise was that there would be no NATO troops stationed on what had been East German territory. That's the quote, right? And that was a, a matter of negotiation. So this was, first of all, this was a negotiation with the Soviet Union, and then, um, uh, and the Soviet Union was pushing for a solution where somehow Germany would be united, but East Germany still wouldn't be a part of NATO. And, uh, and the compromise solution was that there would be no troops on what had been East German territory. That has nothing to do with NATO expansion as such, and it also it certainly has nothing to do with Russia. I mean, this was being negotiated with the Soviet Union. 
This was before the demise of the Warsaw Pact. But uh, in 2007, at the Security Conference in Munich, Putin shocks world leaders by giving a very, very strongly worded speech about how Russia was not going to take it anymore. Can you, can you take me there? Do you, what, what, is, what has angered him, or what has happened in his world that he can go to Munich and so forcefully declare, I mean, it's, all, it's not declaring war, but it's certainly declaring verbal war on, uh, on, in an unspoken way, the United States of America. Right. So Putin has, this is the end of his second term. And he's really been transformed. He's already taken over the media in Russia. Uh, he's already uh, canceled gubernatorial elections. He's canceled elections to the upper house of, uh, of the Russian parliament. He's solidified power. Uh, he is ruling very much like a dictator. I mean, his, the process of dismantling what democratic mechanisms had existed in Russia was completed in his first term. And this is the end of his second term. Also, Russia has been living for seven years through a period of unprecedented prosperity because oil prices just keep climbing. So money is just flowing into Russia. Putin has enriched himself. Everyone around him has enriched himself. At the same time, he has uh, emasculated the, the, the men who used to be known as the oligarchs. They've ceded their political power to him and a lot of their financial power in exchange for safety and security of those assets that they're allowed to keep. So he's really, he's really the patriarch of this country. And um, in Russia itself, people perceive him as enjoying the respect of the West. But he doesn't feel any respect because uh, the United States has invaded Afghanistan and Iraq without consulting with Russia, in fact, ignoring Russia's wishes. Uh, the United States has pulled out of the ABM Treaty. And worst of all, NATO is exp has expanded. And so he's been saving all of this resentment up. Uh, because there he is. He feels like he has transformed his country. He's made it great again. And he still doesn't get any recognition of that when he meets with world leaders. That's the true genius of America. The struggle and the progress. That America can change. You are not cattle, you are men. Our union can be perfected. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. What we've already achieved gives us hope. The times we were told that we can't. For what we can and must achieve tomorrow. Yes, we can. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. A new sense of common purpose. Yes, we can. And a democracy was saved. Yes, we can. A man touched down on the moon. A wall came down in Berlin. Let us use that power. Let us fight to free the world. Yes, we can. But there's so much more to do. Let us ask ourselves. If our children should live to see the next century, what change will they see? This is our chance to answer that call. What progress will we have made? This is our moment. This is our time. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.